0: Welcome back to Dirty Mind for the first time. It's the it's the first episode. This is a podcast. It's called Dirty Mind. My name is Dirt the Gamer. Oh, I get it. Dirt. Dirty Mind. That's kind of funny-ish. So this is going to be a, a safe place where we're going to talk about things that involve the mind and the brain. A lot of it's going to involve words. Some of them more like onomatopoeias. But before we get into today's topic, it's time for that segment that everyone knows and loves, Old News. I got nothing new for you. Today's pre-broken Old News is Brink. It's a video game. That's the name of the video game. It's coming out. May 10th, 2011, so be on the lookout for that. It's a video game, it's called Brink, you get, you got, there's like parkour in it, you're gonna do some parkour, you're gonna do some shooting, there's like shooting mechanics, like an FPS, but you're also gonna be jumping over crates and stuff. The visual style is kinda dull, but it's fine, you'll enjoy it for a few hours, and then you'll get bored of it, and then you'll feel like you wasted a lot of your life and then you'll go to your mom and say why did you let me get that game and she'll say I didn't even know you were getting that game you bought it without my knowledge and then you say well I remember things differently and and so yeah after that um, it, the game is gonna go free to play like six years from, from them from then from there in 2017 it's gonna go free to play on PC and then you're gonna feel really great about your decision to buy it full priced and only play it for one afternoon so that keep keep an eye out for that that's brink it's pretty cool it's it's the cover is kind of cool it's got like a blue and then the the super awesome boy in the front is jumping up with a molotov cocktail in one hand and like a little submachine gun in the other really enticing really just pulls you in and then pulls the rug out from under you, it's a good time for everyone. Be on the lookout for Brink. Thank you for that. Now let's dive into today's topic, which is, of course, trees. Specifically, why are they so big? Nobody asked them to grow to that size. I, I'm astounded that no one talks about it as as much as it does get talked about. So when I'm looking out, out the window, because I don't go outside too often, so that's usually how I get my outdoor information, the outside. Sometimes National Geographic, and by sometimes I mean never, because I don't have TV, I don't have live TV. Who has live TV anymore? Why? But also at the same time, all the streaming platforms are becoming live tv they're they're kind of just making that whole transition it's all coming full circle well well we'll, we got we got the advertisements everywhere who cares whatever just make the ads better that's what all that's all i want just make them entertaining if you're gonna force the ads make them entertaining speaking of which it's time for our first advertisement oh wait no it's not time uh, hold on. C- hold that thought. We'll come back to that in about 16 minutes or so. So anyways, trees, I'm looking at them and you're, you're thinking originally, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a tree. There it is. It's three times taller than that house. That's not a big deal. But then you look at all the other plants. And I I know a lot about plants. I grow sugar snap pea plants on a regular basis. I try to get... A couple of pots, like large-ish sized pots, like the size where it can fully cover your head in case of wild police chases. Because you don't want you don't want the police seeing your face, even if you have nothing to hide. That's just sort of the the temperature of the culture at the moment. You got to be able to throw something over your head, and if, and because if they're gonna be asking you questions. Like, you don't want, you they got the body cams and everything. You don't want it, you, and the, the news stations. They got the sketch artists you, incriminating dialogue with the cheesy Anyway, so the sugar snap pea plants, I like to put them in a couple different pots. I just throw the seeds in there. I, I, you got to push them into the dirt a little bit. Like a, just like an inch, and that's it, and just just like chill out. That's that's plenty. And then cover it a little bit. Make sure they're spaced out a good a good two inches probably on the horizontal plane, parallel, perpendicular. And then after that, it says on the packet. I don't know if it's just my packet. You let me know. Everyone gets sugar snap peas from the store all the time, you know. So let me know if you're figuring out a different wavelength of reality. But it tells you you got a row of two and then you're supposed to have a larger space between those first two rows and then the next two rows. And I'm over here thinking, why? Why? What's the point? Why would I need to separate those first two rows and the second two rows? Like, what are they going to do? Are they not supposed to communicate with each other? Do they need extra room only after it's got two rote? Why, why do they need to be separated like that? And I do as I'm told. You know, I, I say whatever. I'll do as I'm told. I'm not above tyranny. Uh, but and and they, they grow all right. I don't know if it's just so that you can have something that you can throw into the dirt like a stake or something so that it can weave its way up higher and higher into the clouds. I don't know if that's the purpose of it or what, but, hey, it works, so I'm just going to keep on doing it Until I read somewhere else, someone else, they're probably bald. But they'll tell me, hey, you don't actually have to do that. In fact, you should put them as close together as possible. That'd be nice. So that I could have more peas, sugar snap to be specific, more per square footage, per capita, per building. But yeah, I got two right now. So I know a lot about plants. And those plants, they get only a few feet high, like a yard, which is three feet. I learned that recently. Like a yard, that's crazy for it to be even three feet. So it's much shorter than that. I feel like it's taller than it actually is some of the most of the time because of the fact that, (coughs) sorry, I was eating fig newtons earlier. Because of the fact that it is up higher much of the time, it's up elevated, either on a windowsill or on the porch, on a railing or on a table outdoors, rather than just being on the ground. Because I'm not risking any wildlife getting into my sugar snap peas. No, no, no. Those are for me. I spent money. I spent two ninety nine or so, somewhere around there, $299 on a little packet of these seeds. And they're going in my tum, okay? They're going in my tum. They're not going in the chipmunk's tum of little chippy walking around there stealing all my sugar snap peas and throwing all of my sunglasses out the window. I know it's the chipmunk. I know it's the chipmunk. Everyone says, there's no way that the chipmunk... Comes all the way into the house upstairs, second story, finds your sunglasses underneath your sweater, and then throws them out the window. You're obviously just leaving your sunglasses outside to begin with. And I'm saying, no, that's it's physically impossible for me to lose. My sunglasses outdoors. I've got the little band. I got the little rubber band strip thing going around the back of the cranium. I can't take them off even if I wanted to. That thing, it's on there. It's surgically implanted, basically. I can't get rid of it if, if my life depended on it. And someone was holding me up at hatchet point, And they were saying, hey, take those sunglasses off. I want them. Because you look like a rock star and I want to look like a rock star. And I would say, I, I, I hate to disappoint you, but I can't get rid of these. This is just not happening. And it's not happening, so you're going to have to make peace with that. So there's no way that I would lose them outside in the front garden. First of all, I don't even weed the front garden, Okay that's flower does that flower weeds the front garden I take care of the back garden okay I take care with the weed whacker always got to go electric with that weed whacker otherwise it's way too loud you know what I love about the electric weed whacker is that it's silent 100% of the time until you start the blade I mean it's not even a blade what is it it's like a little piece of plastic it's like a little straw, like the tiniest little straw. I bet if you use that straw, it would do absolutely nothing because the little bead of water or tea wouldn't even be able to make it up there. You ever seen that? When, when water is like over top of just a little hole, but it's like it's not going down because the, the water droplet can't, can't even squeeze down. There's a, there's a limit to how small water can get. That's insane. It's like those little straws that you see at the doctor's office where it's like, hey, here's the little packet of straws next to the coffee. You know what I really hate is when I go over there to the coffee area and they don't actually have hot cocoa. That, ooh, that irritates me oh so much. The last time that I went to a place that did have a coffee thing, Though. (laughs) Sorry, I was eating Fig Newton's earlier. The last time I saw something like that with all of the fancy goodness with the tea and the in the coffee, they did have hot chocolate. In fact, they also had French vanilla hot chocolate. Either that or they just had a French vanilla creamer and then I connected dot A to dot seven and then made my own French vanilla hot chocolate. I don't know what the order was, but that's how it ended up. I had a French vanilla hot cocoa, and it was, it was great. It made my trip to the auto shop much better. That's where it was. It was an auto shop. They had Jeeps there. They had a Jeep right indoors. Can you imagine? What's the point? I don't know whose it was. I'm guessing it was a salesperson. They drove their Jeep all the way in right next to their cubicle. And I'm like, why don't you got such a gigantic parking lot out there? Why not? Why not use the parking lot? It's right. there. This was, that's the purpose of it. the The purpose of the parking lot is for cars to park there. I don't know what they were thinking. But yeah, those little straws, they don't let a whole lot of liquid in. And I feel like they're just for stirring. But at that point, just give me a spoon, right? Because if I'm just going to stir something and then throw that little piece of plastic out, at least make it good at stirring. I always thought that spoons are not the best shape for stirring. Like it should be more like a ladle. Not a ladle. What are the things where it's like flat-ish? It's like a rounded rectangle at the end. Like a spatula almost, but a flat spatula. Like a fancy spatula that's made out of wood. It has to be made out of wood. And it's like there's no front or back. It's all just perfectly rounded. There's no area where it's like carved out at all. I don't know what it's called, but I like it. I use it sometimes. Mostly for stirring noodles. Yeah. Did you know that my my father and also my mother, this is going to kill me. And I, I'm, ugh, and ugh, goodness, this is going to hurt, but I'm going to go for it. They call ramen noodles, ramen noodles, like the one that everybody loves get it everybody i'm gonna move past that and i don't blame them because they had never been to a place that sold ramen so they would never have had a situation where in which they would hear someone say it out loud like would you like your ramen to have an egg and they would say whoa whoa ramen what are you talking about? It's, it's everybody loves Raymond. It's interesting, the things that you learn when you grow up and then you look back on your life 48 years later. Oh, the things, the things that we miss. I'll tell you what I don't miss is the walnut tree that I used to climb. First of all, I don't mind when the lowest branch of a tree is kind of high up, like higher than my height, higher than just my normal reach, because then it makes it a nice little challenge. Then it, it tells me, all right, this is this is going to be interesting. This is going to be tough. But I'm going to go for it. I'm, I'm going to accept that challenge with open arms and hands and, and feet and face and ears. But uh, beyond that... The thing about the walnut tree was that the walnuts themselves, I don't know what kind of coating was on these walnuts, and I'm sure it's naturally occurring, but it was like it was like avocado, not not just avocado like guacamole on the outside of these walnuts. You would touch it briefly, just to move it out of your path so you don't trip and get another sprained ankle. And then your paw would smell ridiculous for the next 24 hours. It was so potent. I feel like if, if walnuts were an animal or related to an animal, it would be related to a skunk because of the powerful smells. I don't know. I also don't know where I was going with that, so I think it's time for a word from our sponsor. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you needed to be shaded from the sun and you were standing really close to a tree, but the tree didn't have very many leaves because it was too close to winter time? Or or maybe it was just one of those types of trees that really never has that many leaves, or it's it was a tree that's too small to have leaves, or someone ripped all of the branches off of the tree. Well, have I got the solution for you? You should try a tree umbrella. It's an umbrella, just like a normal normal umbrella, but you put it in a tree. It only works uh, a, when attached to the trunk of a tree. Only specific types of trees as well. You can't get it to work on an oak. It's not going to work on a chestnut. It's only going to work on Japanese pear trees. It's just, that's all we could do. It, you have to go through a whole lot of legal hoops to be able to get it to work on different trees. So we just, we worked with what we had. But basically, it's, a, it's an umbrella that it does all the umbrella things where it shields you from the sun, from a, a certain angle from the sun, not all of the sun. Only, it only goes out about 18 inches. It's, we couldn't get it to go further than that. There wasn't enough... Material. Other after after, yeah. You know, if you used it too much, then you wouldn't be able to use. We wouldn't be able to make money. The profit margins just weren't there. So you put it on the tree, and then it shields you from the sun, from the elements, from the rain, from the snow, from the sleet, from the falling animals coming out of the tree because that tree's obviously it's not going to live anymore. So they got to move. Um, get, take, uh, get a tree, get a tree umbrella today. You won't regret it. It's great. There's so many situations where you can use it when you're waiting for a bus, when you're waiting for your life to begin, when you're waiting for a taxi. There's so many situations where you can use it. Get a tree umbrella today and be the, the first on your block to have a tree umbrella. It's It always starts a wave. Everyone who has ever gotten a tree umbrella has always told me, "Hey, everybody has a tree umbrella now." It all started when I got it, and hey, good on you, good on, good for starting. You started life. It always everything happened because of you. You started the good. You you made the good times roll. You pushed that boulder down the hill. I'm so proud of you. Buy a tree umbrella today for forty nine dollars. Nope, four hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh wait, shoot, nope, that was a comma. 400, ooh, I'm not going to tell you the price. I'll let that be a surprise when you go on the website once we make a website. Tree umbrellas! And we're back with part two of our discussion on trees, why they're so large, and other dilemmas that are facing the general populace on a daily basis. My name's Dirt, in case you forgot. So picking up where we left off, I think in part one, we discussed a lot of good, real good thoughts for the brain to to move around. And I think now it's time to move on to a very specific aspect of trees. And that is something that is not really covered all that often, which is their root system. Now, roots, when it comes to trees are a lot like icebergs where you don't see everything because it's beneath the surface. And this is kind of cool because there's a little mystery element. It's like, what else is the tree hiding? Does it have magical powers? Who knows? But the thing that kind of irritates me about that, having those roots down there, is that it makes it a lot more difficult to lift the trees out of the ground and move them to a new location. Now I had this pine tree. It's still there, but I had a situation where I was like this thing is too close to me, like I can't even breathe. And I wanted to be able to move it, but I mean the, the first thing about pine trees is that they don't let you get close cuz of all the the prickly needles. So you get all up uh, all up close to the grill and it's just like no no no. You stay away. I think it has something to do with their social anxiety. They're sort of like Enderman, where it's like, I don't even want you looking at me, let alone being all up, all up here, close enough to be able to smell my cologne. But what, uh, what, I, what I ended up doing was uh, staying further back. I used a pendulum system. Basically, I got some bamboo imported from Ireland and I clamped it around the base so that I could stand off to a distance from a distance and have have a little pivot in the middle where I would lift it up without having to touch it because they're also kind of sticky I feel like pine trees are are just much more They're just open about the fact that they got their sap just drooling everywhere. I think they they would definitely benefit from having more napkins around. But anywho, taking it out of the ground really wasn't that difficult. It was putting it back down without making room for it. Now, what I think would be really beneficial for trees and for everyone really on the planet is if we had a little update to the whole tree ecosystem situation, and if anybody has an in with the developers of Earth, just, you know, slip this little note their way, because I think it would be quite helpful. So what you would do is we would take the tree root system, and instead instead of having it so that the tree roots go down and then out in all these random directions, which is so haphazard, I think it would be great if the tree roots just went straight down and then take a square left 90-degree angle turn to the side because that'll that'll hold on to the earth as much as it needs to to keep it stable. But it also makes it very predictable for when anybody comes around and says, you know, I think this would look much cooler if it was three feet to the left. Because then another another part of it that would be essential is on the bark, if it could broadcast which way the road is going, a little tiny arrow insignia or something, that would be great. That would be helpful so you didn't need to x-ray the ground. But then you could just grab it by the trunk and then go up and then over a little bit, rotate it and then slide it out and then perfect. And then you're good to go and you can throw the tree wherever you want. I think that is an optimal way to do it. It's sort of like the way that that I like to move my Adirondack chairs is because I have little hooks that go into the Adirondack chair and go into the ground, but it's very predictable. I know where those hooks are going, and it's it's super easy and they got bent a little bit because I was using them as throwing stars against the foxes. But uh, sometimes, uh, even if they do get bent, that's almost better because it adds a little personality to them, right? If you have stuff that's always perfect, then you might as well just only have new things. And new things are not always good things. Just look at old people. Grandmothers are terrific. They're the best. They got Werther's Originals. They've got great taste in blankets. They've got sweet gherkins, pickles, always on standby. Grandmothers are wonderful, and they're not brand new. No, definitely not, unless they have sort of a whos, who's finding gilbert Gottfried situation. Um, you know, the one where he's super old when he's born? Is that what it's called? Saving Private... Gilbert. Anywho, uh, I'm looking down at my keyboard right now, and it's making me realize that whoever thought of the idea to have really light-colored keyboards is kind of unstable in the mental department. Now I understand with like Macs especially, they got to stand out above the crowd. They got to do something different. But that doesn't mean you should take the whole concept of dark electronics that hide the dirt and just flip that concept on its head. But at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's a good thing that it's lighter. Because then you do see the dirt and it's not ashamed of it. Because if something is dark and it's like trying to hide the dirt, then every time you do find dirt... It's like, oh, you've been exposed, I got you, you are going to jail right this minute, and you're not even going to be able to phone a friend. But when you have a lighter piece of electronics, and then it sees the dirt, or, or like a, an imprint of something, when you accidentally press your knee against it, and then stand on it and do a little tap dance, then it's wearing it proudly, isn't it? It's like it's not afraid. And I like that. I like it when electronics or like humans, they're not afraid of who they is and what they are and where they want to go. Ostriches, for instance, and emus. Emus probably more so than ostriches. They know exactly what they are and they know exactly what they want. They want all of your farmland. They want to be the farm. That's probably what it is. They're probably jealous. They're probably jealous of the farmland. Like all these all this land gets so much attention. Why can't I? Why can't I get all that attention? All right, Mr. farmer with your straw hat and your straw um, straw that you put in your iced tea. If you like your precious farmland so much, um I'm just going to become a part of it. I am going to be your farmland. That's what emus say on the daily, and that's probably what I should start saying when I want to be replacing something like the CVS nearby. Everyone's going in there and they're they're getting antibiotics and uh, triple antibiotic and double antibiotic. I should just, I should just occupy it like Wall Street. Just walk up and say, "I'm, I'm worthy of your attention, right? Give me some Twizzlers." And then I'd probably leave after a while because I don't like the lighting in there. It's, it's too blue. I don't know. It makes me feel blue. Is that why they call it that? Blue lighting. No, it's probably because of the actual color. Speaking of blue, there's a dog sitting near me at this very moment. Not two and a half feet away, there's a little tiny English bulldog. She's about a year old, and she's wearing a diaper currently. Everything's fine, but that's just how it be sometimes. And they told the, this particular doggo's owner... It is not, it is not I. I didn't steal her. I didn't steal her. She's just here. Anyway, they told the doggo's owner, said, you know, this is a real fancy English bulldog. Because she's not just brown or white or tan or another color. I can't think of any more colors. What she is is a lilac, a lilac bulldog. And I was like, oh, so she's like purple. And they were like, kind of. I mean, if the light hits her just right and it's the proper color temperature for the light and you're sitting at the right angle and there happens to be some purple wallpaper nearby, then, oh, yeah, she does look purple. And I was like, that's impressive. That's really cool that we have that kind of technology. But now that she's getting older, it's kind of hard to see those elements of the lilac and whatnot. So I I kind of figure it's probably time to take her back to the dog shop and say, can we get a refill on the purple, a little lilac refill, you know? I don't know what they're going to say. And also it's really far away. It's it's in Las Vegas. That's where the dog is from. Is that where all dogs are from? Goodness. I know where they go. They go to heaven. Unless. <laughs> unless they bite at your ankles. That's what I've heard. That's what, my, that's what my uncle said. Well, he wasn't my uncle. He was just some guy who worked at the Gap. But. Yeah, I I guess I don't really know much about the origin of dogs. I think something interesting about dogs is the fact that they don't know how to climb trees the way that cats do. I mean, they can still climb trees very easily, but they need a little bit of technology. They need need a little assistance, just a little pick-me-up. So what I've seen in the dogs in my life, when they're trying to climb a tree... What they do is they don't rely on their claws because oftentimes their claws are actually trimmed like some weird human that goes to a salon and says, Hey, my nails are not perfect. Can you make them shorter? Which apparently is better. I I feel like it's the opposite. How else am I going to carve my shredded cheese? Because when it's shredded, it's not carved enough. So these doggos, what they end up doing is they bring the hook and rope situation, not a grapple. Everyone thinks that grapples are just widely available. They cost so many leaves. So they take the hook with the rope and they toss it up, not not usually the lowest branch. You want to go a second branch higher so that when you climb the rope, you don't, Reach that branch, and then you need to do a whole pull-up. You want to be able to climb the rope and still have a little bit of ways to go, and just be able to step right onto that first lower branch, and then and then you're good to go. You can make your little home base, and have a tea party, everything that you wanted to do. But these doggos, I've seen them packing packing those those ropes. They have the the professional climbing equipment. With the bandolier, is that what it's called? I can never remember. It's got the little click thing, and it looks like a hook, the type of thing that you would put on a shelf, and then underneath that, you would be able to hang a plant, but not like a money tree. You don't want to be hanging a money tree. Maybe a fern? That would be good. Maybe two of those, and then sit between them and do a talk show? There's a lot of possibilities, but I think what's great about the fact that dogs do that when they're climbing trees to get a better visual on their surroundings is, is they're not wearing themselves down quite as much as a cat would. That's why cats need to get rescued by the firefighters all the time is because of the fact that they're wearing themselves thin and they're so tired by the time they get to the top of the tree, they don't even remember why they went up there in the first place. They don't remember that it was supposed to be for them to scout a new location for an A&W franchise. They forget about that. But the doggos, they're not tired. Uh Uh-uh, they barely had to do anything, especially if they had a belay system and someone was helping them out, get up there. They used... 4% of their energy, right? And especially if they had some sort of sandwich to help them out and, and build them back up. There's so many clever things that dogs do. But what I will give credit where credit is due for the cat society is cats make some of the most interesting detailed noises when they are awoken from their slumber I love that. I love when cats do that. See, I'll try to get a microphone, and I'll put it right in the face of the kitty cat meow. And when they're sleeping, I just wake them up with a just a little, a little poke on the shoulder. And then they spin around, and I'm always trying to analyze that specific type of meow. You know the one I'm talking about where it's like, <coughs> You know, right? <coughs> You know, they they sleep and then you wake them up. You know, like that. That was probably the most accurate one. Let me try and replicate that. Meow. There's so many different ways that you can interpret those noises. So what i would like to what I like to do on a regular basis, probably every day is I take those recordings and I put them into a special software that analyzes sound and tries to connect them to the wavelengths of a brain for a cat, obviously. I have a lot of cheetahs, a lot of data on cheetah brain wavelengths that I like to match it up against because that's sort of, I don't want to say... That's the ideal cat, but it's pretty darn close. So I try and connect these dots here to find out what exactly is going through the brain of the kitty cat. And more often than not, regardless of what the sound is, it's always the same. It's, why did you wake me up? I'm going to murder you in your sleep. So that's... I guess I don't need to keep doing that because I've done this experiment about 80 times and it's always the same. Maybe I'll get another response one of these days. I'll get another one that says something like, I love you, I appreciate you. Thank you for waking me up because I was dreaming about seeing you and here we are in real life. Now we get to cuddle together. One day. I'm probably just not interpreting them right. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're not done yet, though. Before you go, we have today's lucky color. Today's lucky color is, of course, chartreuse. Now, when I heard chartreuse, because I I heard it in, I think it was a Hey Arnold episode, I can't remember. I was thinking, it's got to be like a soft pink or peach color. It turns out, no, chartreuse is like a yellow green. And I was like, that's so interesting. I did not think that was going to be what it was. And I don't think it matches, to be honest. You know how the name of a color, it's supposed to evoke the feeling of that color? I feel like chartreuse does not do that. Like chartreuse? Actually, I would I would think khaki. That, that's what chartreuse sounds like. It's too fancy for yellow-green. Or yellow-green is too fancy for the word. Either way, it doesn't match up. So be on the lookout for chartreuse out there in the wild if you stumble upon that. You've got some good luck headed your way. It only lasts about 11 seconds, so take advantage of that as soon as you can. Maybe go to an Annie Ann's and get a get a pretzel. You'll probably get a sizable discount on it with that luck. Okay, well, with that, thank you so much for listening. And if you're ever sad, just remember, you can have lunch whenever you want. You don't need to wait till 12 p.m. You can, you can have lunch at any point in time, 3.30 a.m., p.m. Those are your options. All right, love you.